1: Back, it is another edition of the unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com. The entire crew is here as we uh, are looking to update you on the latest goings on in the Oklahoma football program. Brett Venables uh, taking over, making offers, uh, working on this second signing period, uh, working on transfers, and uh, we've got all kinds of stuff floating around. You got uh, the uh, rumors from the Twitter spaces, just I mean, it just takes everything to a whole new level, although you've been on Soonerscoop.com, you know everything that's going on, which is something that we try and tell people. Um, But, you know, it's just one of those things, guys, like recruits. There's been, Josh, I guess, and Bob, even, you follow so much social media. This has been as vocal a recruiting class, maybe, as we've seen um, I don't know, maybe since the the Theo Wee, Spencer Rattler, Austin Stogner, in terms of just, it seems like they're really kind of you know, getting everybody involved through social media.
2: Yeah, in in terms of putting it out there, where this feels like stuff that they do all the time in their group messages for years and years, but they never actually, you know, put it out on social media so that people have an idea of what those guys are saying to each other. And what you are also finding out, it's all of them. So that that that's nice to see too. It's not like it's a like little clickish like oh it's just offense or just defense or just guys from this area. It feels like all of them are engaged, and to me that might be the only thing I read from all those tweets and stuff is that all fourteen of those guys are connected
0: and they're they're willing to do whatever it takes to help this class out. What's funny about it to me is that these guys. It wasn't really that way through their most of their recruitment. Like this was a fairly quiet class, uh, not a lot of crazy, you know, Twitter stuff like the, you know, the all the locks and the LOLs and all that stuff. Like you didn't see a lot of that really until the pro, you know, until Lincoln Riley left. And I, I you know, you you talk about, um, you know, friendships, family, you know, whatever. You don't really know where that stuff is until you kind of go through something. And I think these guys kind of went through something and now are a little tighter group. You know, that there's I think communication from what I can gather and you know what everybody sees is better than it's ever been. You know, cuz I think these guys I, th- there was a there was a feeling and I kind of joked about it last week with the Xavion Bryce and Kobe McKenzie stuff where you you thought this guy was with you and then the next second, oh no, he's gone. You know, and it was Kind of that feeling where I, I think these guys you know, kind of felt like everything just kind of got weeded out, and okay, this is who we are. these are our guys this so is something
3: like that has to galvanize a group, doesn't it? like to be completely blindsided like that, and there's a certain level of think of like I don't know bonding trust, yeah, mm-hmm. stuff that comes together when you do go through something like that
2: it either tears tears you apart or brings you all together, and we saw sure. the ones that left, and then we saw. You know, it started with DeAndre Moore. Funny enough, with the twenty twenty three, but then you know Jacob Sexton, Jake Taylor, Robert Spears, Jennings, like all those guys puffing their chest out, saying we're not going anywhere. And if you're with us, then you shouldn't be trying to look elsewhere because nothing, nothing is going to go off track with the direction of what we're where we're about to go. And who forward. knows
3: if if the situation would have been different too? I almost wonder. If that group wasn't as tight, if they were able to get somebody like a Kobe McKenzie to flip back. I know that, you know, Brent Venables and Kel Gundy and their in home and uh that kind of stuff always played a big role in that, but if he didn't have a good relationship with those guys, I would imagine that maybe things don't turn out like they have.
1: Well, uh this just in, OU no longer recruiting selfish players. Is that our headline?
0: Is that is that what the the pod is going to be called now that Lincoln Riley right <laughs> <before laughs> now that Lincoln Riley is gone, no more selfish players. These players would get Santa Claus's presents. <laughs> uh, well, they players, certainly wouldn't
3: rob Santa Claus. I know that
1: these players aren't afraid of a toy drive, unlike Lincoln's players. Um, oh, God. So, uh, well, let's catch up. I mean, let's let's we had signing day. We had the signing day pod. Uh, I know, you know. There's been a lot of stuff around uh, Jared Kanak. Is it Kanak, Kanak? Do we know? I've said Kanak.
3: Yeah. I've said both. I- I've gone I've with Kanak <laughs> um. uh,
1: But you know, he was uh, in the OU people search, which Bob was just waiting, just with bait. he was just he was just ready to pounce to find out. Uh, when he was going you to enter, in, enter any
2: idea how many times I searched that damn name, you <laughs> people search, because
1: that's one of the tools that you use to find out, you know, if someone might be transferring or whatever. Uh, and his name finally appears and then it disappears. And I do know that you can opt yourself out of the people search if you want to, which apparently Spencer, is done.
2: Spencer Rattler. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, all signs point to that. Um, but outside of that, Josh, what else do we want to just kind of reveal on the pod that has happened uh, in terms of the 2022 class and uh, whether it's early enrollees, uh, late signing cl- or, you know, main signing class, whatever we want to call it now. Uh, what are the developments there since signing
0: day? Yeah. You know, I guess with the Kanak stuff, I mean, I guess we should go into some of that, Um you know, I don't think that there's a lot of secrets left in this thing. I think Baker Mayfield kind of blew the top off of uh, any <laughs> doubt over what was going to happen here. Um, I know Teddy and Gabe have talked about it on their podcast, and obviously Teddy and Brent having a a pretty special and close relationship. I, I think you know there's only so much you know kid gloves we need to play with it anymore. Um, that was that that has been the plan for a while, and the plan was for Jaron Kanak was not going to sign. I, I said on signing day, he was not sent a letter of intent. Uh, you know, Brent Venables is legitimately, he, he is very earnest about we were not going to recruit Clemson guys. And it sounds like, I mean, he, it, guys, there's no other way to say it. He tried to tell Jaron Kanak to go to Clemson. Like, you, you committed here, you go there, you know, like, go, go try. And it just, the, the kid wants to play for Brent Venables. And at some point, like we've talked about on the pod, and I, I know plenty of others have talked about it as well. At some point, it's got to be about what the kid wants, too. It can't just be what's best for Clemson all the time. Especially so when I things change at a school. I mean,
1: exactly the whole exactly. you commit to the school, not to the coach, I mean, that's not realistic. It, it, I mean, I, kids commit to the coach as much I, as they commit to the school.
0: They commit to the situation, and the situation will yeah. change for Jared Kanak. If that was true, coaches wouldn't need to recruit. They would just say, "Here's all the information on our university. Come tour anytime you'd like." Like, no, that's not the way it works. Co- the, human relationships are the foundation of all of this, and you can tell yourself whatever else, but that's that's just not true. Um, he want I mean, he, he's a small-town Kansas kid that was going to Clemson. I mean, what other connection was there than Brent Venables? That that yeah. was it. And obviously Brent's, you know, his reputation as a linebackers coach. So, it, it makes all the sense in the world. He'll I, he'll enroll. To my understanding, he'll enroll in January. Uh, you know, obviously, we'll then go on scholarship. Oklahoma's not getting the great fortune of he's just going to choose to live a pauper's life and be a a walk on. I mean, he, he'll be on scholarship and all that will handle itself. But um, you know, obviously, a huge win for Oklahoma and for those those that would ask. You know, Josh, you know these things. Why wouldn't you go ahead and put him on the commitment list? I know we've had a lot of people on the board ask. It's just because him showing up in the people search on OU-EDU, and I I know some people within, um, you know, we all know the guy I'm thinking of, um, within that side of Oklahoma's academics, and they'll tell you. Like, him being there doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean he's been approved. It doesn't mean anything. Like, there are still steps he has to clear, And the other side of it is, he could still go to Clemson. He could change his mind. He could pull a Brock Vandegrift on, you know, New Year's Eve and decide, ah, you know what, I I don't think that's what I want to do. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change and, you know, whatever, for whatever reason. That's not what's going to happen in all likelihood. But until he makes a public statement or he is officially bound to Oklahoma by the second, basically the second he walks into a class at OU, he he is on scholarship. He is an enrolled student, and then it's all locked in. And then we'll add him to the commitment list, and everybody can rejoice about Oklahoma getting those recruiting points and all that stuff. But that's why we're not doing it because it's not an official situation. He hasn't signed a letter of intent, and he hasn't come out and said this is what I'm doing. Is it? I hate to put it like this. Isn't it kind of frustrating in a way the way that
3: this has gone down though? Like, why won't you just announce it? And why won't? You, I don't know. It just It's his decision, it's its the way that he wants to operate, or is it from something else? Is this the way that Brent wants him to handle it? Or is that something we just flat out don't know right now? I,
0: I would guess it's Brent, honestly. Because yeah. you know all he's is, doing, it's, that whole thing it's hearing though, questions about it. I just don't get it.
2: Yeah, You can't be open and honest about what is really going on because sure. it's – it's not it doesn't feel like it's your story to tell. And oh, I had a lot of people on Twitter tell uh, tell me that on Tuesday that I'm ruining the kids moment. So it but it it is. It's it's hard because like you feel like you have a great understanding of the whole story, but it's like, okay they gotta do a little bit. They've gotta say some some stuff too to kind of get the ball rolling.
1: I'm sorry, but you know, in this situation, there is no ruin in the kids moment. I mean, if you've decided where you're going to go, you should just say. I mean, we we bend over backwards to let kids have their yep. moments. Uh, it's a moment. It's It's something for you and your family and your friends to celebrate one day, and then it's over. It's like a birthday. Uh, and then no one cares until you're out on the field making plays. That's just the the
3: plain truth about it. I mean... He's he's having a commitment month. People have birthday months. He's having a commitment. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all hate those people? The birthday month people. And, and it's the Shout
1: same out thing. It's the same thing. And maybe this gets us into another, you know, subject matter, but it's, it's, you know, the announcing it a, a national game. I mean, I know that's a big attraction of the games. I don't want to piss off the, uh, you know, the Under Armour Bowl or the, the All-American Bowl, uh, but they, I mean, for whatever reasons, they want to be able to go to break and tease. Oh, come up next, we're gonna have a big announcement from a, you know, five star. And uh, but then you've got these kids. It's like, who was the first person that you can remember doing that, Josh? That signed and then waited until there. Now,
2: was it Buki that you were associated with? But it was I don't, Benito
0: and Buki, because they're but, both 2018 class okay. members. DeMarco yeah. did. Benito's though, the one that's going all
3: out. the way back to the Army game.
0: No, because DeMarco couldn't sign early. Oh, right. right. There was no That's right. Early that's signing right. That's right. You. I'm an
3: idiot. Yeah. That's right. No, but, 2018
0: um,
2: class was the first time they had that's that option. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, but no, uh, I, you know, what's funny is I guess maybe it's because of the Louisville thing. I forget Buki did the same. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, as Bob said, I was like, oh, that's absolutely right. I always associate it with Benito. Like, that's, that's absolutely my connection to that scenario. Because, I mean, OU's really, they've almost had it every
2: single year. Jaden Hazelwood, Chandler Morris, you had Buki and Benito. La- last year was the first time, and I don't want to bring it up, but we, had, we thought Tristan Lee was going to be <laughs> the, the oh. OU guy that was going to make the announcement. So it, it wouldn't shock us if it happens again, because OU's had a track record of going this
0: direction. I, I still, you know, a year later, thank you, Savion Bird you saved our site from burning to the ground. It was... That was one of the worst signing days I've ever been And now it's up to him
1: with. to keep the offensive line from burning to the ground. Yeah. No pressure. That's and a
0: lot of <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I, I'm really interested to watch Marcus Hicks. I'm very interested to see where that goes.
1: I've, I've asked about Marcus Hicks recently, uh, and I don't get a good or bad. I just don't get the, oh, yeah, he's going to be a guy guy. Like, I don't get that report. Everything that I hear is uh, that Bill expects Savion Bird to make that jump and be the guy next year. Like they like of all the guys that are out there, like Savion Bird is the guy that that they're putting their hopes behind, and not Marcus Hicks at this point.
0: I I could live with that. I think he's got more upside than anybody in that offensive line room. I don't I don't think there's a question. Wanya Morris comes along. There's your two tackles, and then. Bray
1: no. Walker returns from the portal, right? Yeah, I he, mean...
2: He ahead, is, but he isn't. And this is another one of those things.
1: Like, he's still we, technically we know. in the portal. Okay, he's yes, still, he's technically, still
2: technically in, but his father has come flat out and said,
3: yeah, we're coming back, oh, you. and, he's and that's just, going That could be just a paperwork practices. thing, too, right? Like, he yeah. just needs to turn it in, and they need to get it done, and maybe the compliance office is just an issue of getting it out, but somebody like a Theo Weiss who the story breaks on Friday night, he's officially out of the portal.
1: So he went in, but then he came out. Unlike the Correct. Fansville thing, uh, we didn't
0: get a punter in return for Theo Weiss. Correct. Uh, Theo's had such a crazy year. I, it'd be so nice if he was able to, to put something together and you really have a good 2022. I think out of
1: all, well, this, this,
0: no, this is an incorrect statement. Out of all those
1: five stars that came in that year that weren't arrested and kicked off the team, he's had the most baffling OU career because there was so many good – there's there, there's some really good stuff there. You just haven't seen consistency, and I think out of all those guys, you believe that Theo could be the best player, but he just hasn't had a
3: chance to show
0: it yet. I think he's flashed more elite stuff than any of the other guys. Yeah. Um, he was really starting to come along. That Baylor into twenty twenty. Yep, yep. It, it he seemed like bit like more baffling drop.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean that was the that thing. Was it was, was like weird because like, he he has he's flashed the most, and then he's had the most opportunity to try to do something when he didn't. Can we t- just take a moment while we're talking about that group to just say,
1: Jaden
3: Hazelwood? What the f-? Arkansas? It is kind of. It is kind of Arkansas. weird that, like, it just happened overnight. Like, okay, I, and if he needs mm-hmm. a, a reset and wants to get out of there, that's perfectly fine. I don't, I don't fault anybody for that. Sometimes a reset's good for everybody. Like, he took him, one but, visit but, and then signed with Arkansas. Just Arkansas. very odd. Arkansas, very odd. I did, and to go to a, go to Arkansas, it when, doesn't
1: scream the school you go to to get redemption as a receiver.
0: Well, you you know they just told me, oh, we lost Traylon Burks. She'll be the next Traylon Burks. Man, there ain't a lot of Traylon Burks walking around. The, the, he's a freak of nature. By the way, um, uh,
1: did Luther Burden decommit after the uh, game last night or get his LOI back? That quarterback, man, he had a wide open guy in the end zone on that two pointer at the end. Just, Josh just sailed it, it out last
3: night. He's like he was being crowned as like the next
0: coming. And then misses an easy throw in the he flats
1: rough that
0: in- ended up being the biggest play of the game. Guys, people love to say like, "Oh, I could have done that." I we legitimately could have made that throw. <laughs> like that—that's a like and like that—that's something anybody in this podcast could have completed. And I'm not, and none of us are special in any way. So that is. Um, yeah, it wasn't that was like baffling. he had somebody in his face or anything. I mean, yeah. it was just and it was was a quick one. yeah yeah it was in rhythm like it 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 all should have worked and it just didn't
1: that uh, yeah that running back the look on his face after like what what just happened like I was right here wide open nobody within 15 yards of me and you sailed it so anyway I'm getting us off track okay so back to you know what's left in recruiting or what's developing in recruiting uh and this is where all the rumors come about, but we do believe that there is, like, at least one silent commitment out there, right? I mean, are there more than that? Could there be more than that? I Or I don't I even know, silent commitment, like silent signing. Like,
0: is, is it possible that there's been a signing that hasn't been announced? I I, I think there are probably a couple of things out there that aren't, Officially, you know, for the masses yet, um, but yeah, I, I like I said, I like where um, I, I it's starting to look like oh, OU might close pretty well in January, and I know, you know, the Twitter spaces and all that stuff, and you know, OU's gotten eighteen commitments, and you know, all this craziness. We'll see, you know, and, and I know people get excited, and I totally get it. Like that, and you got like Hayes Posed you know, out there putting up stuff about Oklahoma's yeah. class. And I'm not calling and, you names. And Hayes names. isn't Hayes. wrong. Don't, no, don't get mad no, at me. No, Hayes isn't wrong on this. Like, uh, there is good. There are good vibes around Oklahoma recruiting right now. There absolutely are. But at the same time, guys, I'm, what I want you to consider is think of any school ever that's, I mean, just talk about it, their recruiting is just rolling. There's not many schools getting seven commitments in the matter of, like, I mean, and I mean real commitments. Called the coach, told him what the deal is. And, like, we're in. Buddies talking to buddies or players being like, yeah, man, I'd love Mm -hmm. to play with you. You know, that kind of thing. That stuff happens. like, And and I get it. And I'm not shooting down the the players at all. Like, I get why they're into it, too. Like, it makes all sense in the world. I've watched this stuff for 20 years, man. Players tell players all kinds of stuff. And then when the rubber meets the road and they got to explain why they're going to go to OU or, you know, Texas or wherever it may be. And they got to explain it to mom and their girlfriend and their coaches. And they have to tell the else. coaches no, yeah, they're not going to go. Exactly, to school. you know, from some school that maybe they've known for six months or is closer to home or whatever it is, the story starts to change. Um, and we'll see. Mo, you know, mo- momentum on December
2: twenty second. What is that going to mean? when The January contact period comes on, and do they actually make the visits? Yeah. It- it's it's fun to talk about, but yeah, we're so yeah. far away. That's why. But you'd rather well, we have the momentum than not patient. have it. You'd rather have a-
0: the absolutely. excitement than not have it. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and I just the, the, it, go ahead,
3: Eddie. Oh no, I was just gonna say from from where they were two weeks ago, when it seemed like the sky was falling, to be able to rebound and to leave national, or early national signing day with a top ten class, is kind of amazing in itself. And the close, obviously, the way that they did with Evers and and Jane Gibson and obviously getting Kobe back and Alton Tarber. But to think what they could be come February, if they're able to close and you throw in somebody like a Devin Campbell, maybe. And then you you throw in an Ahmad Moten or an R. Thomas Mason. like It's kind of incredible that they've been able to keep their head above water with everything that was going on around them.
0: Eddie, you you got the names right. You flip the order, but I wanna own it in front of you to, to where you don't feel the R Mason Thomas kid. Yes. For some so reason, a- I wanna make it I wanna make it Watson every time. I wanna make it R Watson Thomas. And I don't know why I've done it I've I've talked to the kid ten times and I keep wanting to make it R Watson and I don't know why. There's absolutely no connection in my life. So um but you know, guys, in that vein the guy that has impressed me, Miguel Chavis, looks like he might be a really good hire. Um, well,
1: and I'll say this: no
0: like There's been a good response. And let me say this:
1: uh, you know, credit the OU Daily for getting the, the contracts first. Um, but with what they're paying Chavis, like they have 000. to think that he
0: is a star in the making. I, I mean, you you've got to. And I mean. Guys, we all know that that players like coaches that have played, and I mean, he played at Clemson. I mean, he's familiar; he knows the deal. He know, you know, he grew up around Brent. You know, like the, All those things make a lot of sense. So, um, you know, I like I said, I, I was skeptical. I was. I mean, I, I just you know, he's a support staff guy, never been a full time position coach. But the you know, we'll see. There's there's more to it than just recruiting. And even me as a recruiting guy, I'll own that. But I, I like the returns early on. and the thing that is sticking out to me is I don't think I knew how big Brent's footprint in South Florida was. Like they are right. hitting South Florida really yep. hard and the, and the kids are responding in a big way.
2: They're not having to scratch and claw to try to like get relationships. They're already there and we're we're finding out very quickly how uh,
3: how much that's
2: that's gonna help in the short term and in the long term.
3: The interesting Absolutely. thing about Shavis too, is, is just the fact that it seemed like he was one of those guys that as soon as Brent takes the job, he calls Chavis first, like, you're coming with me.
0: Yep, that, that seemed like, I mean, because guys, uh, you know, Chavis had that on his page, what, 24 hours I like, after no, yeah. Brent? Like, yeah, it was very quick. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, so it's almost I mean, too, it, too quick. He, he got skeptical.
1: And the thing about it is, yeah, you did. That, I mean, that's kind of one of those things like, dude, you're supposed to be doing that? I don't know if you got it all together or not. Um, but, I mean, they needed somebody dynamic, especially Josh not having a defensive line or defensive backs coach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and he's he's really handling double duty right now where he's recruiting, you know, Ahmad Moten and Alton Tarber and those kind of guys too. And I know, you know, I know we all saw, um, you know, that he had a conversation with Cedric Roberts. So I mean, he's really doing double duty, even though he's more of our Thomas Mason and the defensive end types, like you know, uh, really like we saw with Jamar Kane. So I, I think, guys, and that kind of leads into an interesting question: Does it feel like to you they know who the defensive tackles coach is? Like I feel like they know and aren't saying anything because. We're not hearing anything about that. Like, it's been super quiet, and I find that really interesting because, DB, you're hearing stuff. And defensive tackle, me, it's like, wonder, nothing. Why haven't they announced it? Like, what? what's the holdup there?
3: Because it doesn't uh, feel like it's a
2: it's a playoff team. Right. Like, maybe defensive mm-hmm. back, we, we have that inkling, but uh, uh, we haven't really heard that with tackle.
0: Um, It... And guides the only thing. If it's not a playoff team, what's the only thing that makes sense? Uh, maybe I mean, that, maybe consider that, the Jaron situation. Well,
1: here's the thing: maybe that coach has like a stay bonus, where he has to stay a certain till a certain date. That's fair. When he gets you know hundred thousand dollars or something.
0: That's fair. Then that's a good point. The You're David right. Patrick You're right. deal, yes, sir. I don't know who David Patrick. <laughs> assistant Basketball Coach. <laughs> okay, where... that's right on brand for me. Perfect, perfect.
2: Yes, it, it was a thing where oh you couldn't announce because he would have lost some money at Arkansas. They did it too okay. early.
0: That was a huge hire. I was really excited about David Patrick. I, I really. I, nobody heard that earlier part. So <laughs> big time. Uh, okay, open uh, the international
3: door, John. Sorry,
0: sorry, Coach. Sorry, Coach. I, 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 I actually. Watch some OU basketball. I watched some of the who did they Coyne play on State? Saturday.
1: Oh, Saturday. UT Arlington um, on
0: Sunday. Oh, yeah, well, this is bad. yeah, I I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I watched some of it. I enjoyed it. I hung around for a few minutes. Why don't you, know? you well, watch the life, games? Baby.
1: Why don't you watch the games that are good, Josh? And instead of watching the crap ones, you're not helping anybody with that.
0: Those viewing. No, I, I, I know. I believe me. I was with my family, who literally spent thirty minutes, like. Asking me OU questions. Like when I visit my family in Oklahoma in December, it is and especially in a month like we've had, it felt like I was on the message board doing the board chat. Like, so what do you think about this? I'm like, hey, here we go. And I spent like forty five minutes just answering my family's questions. And also hearing that none of them ever really liked Lincoln Riley. I that's also, I wasn't prepared for that. You guys are living in it. I was not prepared for now nobody ever liked Lincoln Riley, and he was never any good.
1: Also, apparently too cheap to support you financially by subscribing
0: to your site. Um. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, I. <laughs> you know. I Um. I don't know about you guys, but my family's like, piss off, dude. We knew you when you were in diapers. Like, tell us what we want to know.
1: I feel like I need to bring this up because I was laughing to myself about this the other day. Speaking of, like, you can't give gift subscriptions, by the way, if you're looking for that last-minute Christmas deal. Uh yes. But um, so like Josh and I have always had these ideas about how to market the site, and I swear to God, I don't know if you two know this, Eddie and Bob. Josh's dream for years, for years. You know what I'm getting ready to say, Josh?
0: I don't, but I'm very interested. Uh oh.
1: For years was to have a Sooner Scoop mall kiosk to like sell oh, subscriptions yeah. in the middle of the mall. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah! Oh, I have man. no idea how he no. would even
1: pull that off, but he loved that. Like he brought that up all the time. Love that. I kind of like
0: that idea too. Over at like Shepard Bowl or something. That idea. <laughs> like some. Dude, but some nobody wife goes walking to the around. mall anymore.
1: We're not investing in that.
0: <sighs> I, I mean, okay. kiosk. like the kiosk is a big I investment. Can get away from
3: them.
2: <laughs> well,
0: You can get a phone I,
3: cover and a sooner scoop. Uh, I, Exactly. in the same thing. I mean, like,
0: just
1: a picture new the Christmas screen. morning visual. We will change with their the new screen little... on your phone and give you a year subscription. To exactly. Their new <laughs> little
0: OU phone case, and then they turn it on, and it's a, it opens to the page of Soonerscoop.com with fresh login information. It's like a damn commercial. We'll
1: set up right outside the iPhone store, the Apple store, where all the old people are waiting yes. in line to get their computers fixed in the morning because yes. they didn't want to
0: get an appointment. And grandma doesn't know what to buy grandpa because they've been together for 55 years and they don't, you know, that th- he has every tool he'll ever need. But you know what he doesn't have? He doesn't have a Sooner scoop subscription. So, done and done.
1: That's going to be what, like, I'm going to have to give into that at some point for all the buffoonery
0: that I've put us through. You you will, just so you can be like, I told you, that shit wouldn't work. I told you. <laughs>
2: yep, you got down. No way it's
0: working.
1: Yeah. I may be in a position that uh yeah, I don't I don't get to make decisions for a while, so who knows? Depends on how quickly we can get the store going, which is we're very close. Do not say close.
2: P T S D no, yeah.
1: still. Oh god. T bow, bitch. Okay, um So you is there something else that we need to hit that's big happening in recruiting?
0: Um, Unless just, you want to
1: talk about Parker,
0: I mean, do we want to count that as something different altogether? I mean, I, I mean, I we should we, we should
1: talk about the level of that, you know, commitment yeah. and what that means, and maybe
3: what that says about his position. Maybe seems like a very good pick. Like on the surface, when I wake up to the news this morning, like that broke. I can't believe that you were up, Josh. Was it like a, almost at midnight last night? Yeah,
0: it's about eleven thirty. Yeah, I, I was dead
3: asleep already.
0: I got a text from one of our buddies at Mizzou, and he he you know sent it to Carrie and I at like eleven thirty, and I literally was um okay. The kids are in the other room. I was moving the ELF um, oh, kind of into a oh, new wow. position. And so I was like, and Laney can spell, so that's dangerous too. But anyway, um, I was uh, moving that around and I just happened to look at my phone before I headed to bed and I was like, well, crap. And I was just right by my office door. I was like, well, let me go in kind of see what I can come up with. And luckily had a few people hit me back real quick. But, um, you know, I, I, and I know, I don't know if, you know, there'll be some members here that read last night, but haven't seen. This morning, we we've, we've been able to confirm that that's absolutely a legitimate take for OU. Uh, I, last night, I kind of hedged because I just I didn't know, and we always want to be careful. No one about followed that. him. No 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 one with yeah. OU
2: Associate had followed this kid until this morning,
0: which is crazy because he played for Joe John Finley in 2018. And like, maybe you would have thought, Finley had just followed yeah, him for forever ago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's that. I mean, and I I don't think there's any question that OU is. Playing some things like that in the portal, think like, it's not going to be as easy to track this bunch, in my opinion, as Riley and Company, because they're, you know, they they want to do, they're going to go lo-fi, like it's going to be real low-tech. They're gonna, you know, phone call conversations, stuff like that. I think is going to be more the norm than hey, we're going to hit them up through DM all the time.
3: Um, oh, on the on the surface, it seems like a, a pickup at a position of need. That they yep. need a guy to come in and be somebody. Uh, you know, even if Braden Willis were to come back. It's a position that, you know, you're losing Austin Stogner, obviously, to South Carolina. You're losing Jeremiah Hall. And you I mean, I think simply put, you don't know if Jason Llewellyn and uh Caden Helms are gonna be guys that are gonna be able to contribute from day
0: one. Yep. I I I would think Jason, I mean, neither one of those guys are dudes you want to throw out there and be your starter on day one and I don't mean that as offense to either one of those guys they're just they're young guys I mean it's very rare that you do have that situation where on a team good enough to go compete for a big 12 title as a freshman you're ready to help that that's those guys are very few and far between um, but at the same time I think Llewellyn can help and I think Helms in the right role maybe could but he I mean they both have to get bigger stronger all that stuff. Um, but this this buys them some time. It takes a little pressure off, in my opinion.
1: By the way, when you said lo-fi, I thought of something else. Uh, I thought you're going in the direction of you know evaluated recruits. Uh, I know you kind of caught some wind of this here and there, but uh, how much time do you think this staff really is spending on trying to kind of turn over rocks and uh, and find some of those guys?
0: Oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean that there is. Mm-hmm. Um, any doubt that OU was going to be involved in the portal, end it. Like, they are going – and I don't know. We'll see from year to year. But this year, they're – I, and I – guys, we talked about it. Like, they needed to be honest with themselves, and it sounds very much like they are being. It's not, oh, out of principle, we're not going to do this. No, they're not playing that game. It is, we have needs, let's go find them and fix them if we can in the transfer portal. So I, I think they're – there's a lot of due diligence being done where well, they're checking on guys. And, and you know, they may look into some guys and say, hey, you know, kind of like I, I keep coming back to that quote Brent said during the introductory press conference that I yeah. thought was so perfect, don't recruit your own problems, you know, that that kind of deal. So And, guys, we all some, saw, you know, something playing out here in state right now that we talked about for a couple of weeks, you know, why OU wasn't involved with a certain player and – you know, now we kind of know what was going on there, what the concern was, and I think they're being very careful about stuff like that. But there is no question, OU is is searching the transfer portal for guys who can help.
3: Did the portal stuff just stem from Clemson's hardline stance and they're not going to do that, and Davo's stance, and then the Zach Evans stuff kind of came up, and there was people that thought, okay, well Jeff Lebby's in with Zach Evans, so Oklahoma's automatically going to be. But you're right. I, I think that it just comes down to they did their due diligence and that just wasn't simply going to be a fit. And didn't he say something about as far as the locker room, you're just not going to bring in guys that are problems.
2: Yeah, and, and when you, you go back to Brent, that first pressure, he said the portals made it cool to quit. So people took that quote and they ran with it. And, and then he came back on signing and said they got to make sure they bring value to the locker room. And I don't think he changed his philosophy I think it's just in the way that he presented the information. He's like, there, you know. I get the portals necessary, but we're only going to use it for guys that we actually think will bring value and character. Not, you know, not just on-field production, but everything else that comes with it.
1: It's just such a, a, a drastic change from the last four years when uh, I always had to kind of point out to people like. You know, Lincoln Riley might be kind of new age, but there's like an old school coach's soul inside of him somewhere. Cause he would say stuff every once in a while. You're like, okay, he kind of gets it. Like he's a football coach. He understands a football team. Uh whereas Brent, he he does he's just the opposite. Like he is here is our culture. I'm throwing it out there. I'm 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 almost telling you too much or emphasizing it too much over the fact that, you know, we're player-friendly and stuff like that, uh, because he is. I mean, he's a guy that players love him. They love to play for him. Uh, And then you bring in Jerry Schmidt, and you're like, oh, God, this is getting really old school really fast. Uh, And then, Josh, you're talking about, you know, they're not going to be tech-savvy and all that stuff. It's just such a, a drastic change from what we've gotten used to the last four years that I think it's, you know, for some people, they embrace it fully, because that's what football is to them. Uh, it's, you know, going out and, and giving up your life for your school uh, if you can win a game, you know, and that's being overly dramatic, but you know what I'm saying. It's just that, that, that identity that people have that, um, you know, it's it's like I, I remember seeing the was it the Caden Helms tweet today and Eddie pointed out the first response was from his mom, but then you had all these other olds like, NIL is ruining the sport of football because um, he I joked about – he was just joking that he should get some that at somebody. NIL money because, you know, of all the recruiting that this class is doing. It was just a joke. But, like, anyway, it's the hardos, basically, that I'm talking about. They embrace all this stuff. Uh, whereas it does have to be a little bit of both, and finding that balance is what, you know, what Lincoln Riley couldn't achieve. And and can Brent, I think he's pretty good at – he he's going to have the football stuff. Like, the, the stuff that makes this team better, that, that has a good locker room, that doesn't have a bunch of me first guys, he's going to establish that at OU.
0: I, I agree 100 percent. That, that that's just not him. I, mean, I, I don't think he'd want to do the job if it Guys, can you imagine him running the locker room in the way Lincoln Riley has? And I'm not saying Lincoln Riley was wrong to. Do, I mean, clearly he had a lot of success. But I just don't think Brent could work in that environment. I don't think that's how he understands football and how he understands a team should be built and operate. And you and, know what you know what
1: I thought, Josh, about what we've talked about in in regards to that? I go back to looking at leadership. Like and everybody's about the culture fell and a lot of the like Gabe and, and Teddy and they talk a lot about the, the you know, the culture falling off and uh But really, like, when Lincoln first got here, think of the leadership in that locker room. Baker Mayfield, Sterling Shepard. I mean, guys that, you know, live and breathe. Orlando Brown. Like, they had so many just big personality leaders on the team, and that's something they haven't had in a while.
0: Well, and you wonder, like, are they really missing on all the leadership guys, or were they doing a poor job of cultivating it? Yeah,
1: and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you can... I mean, as far as Lincoln goes, you can't have one without the other. You can't have a championship type team and not have great leadership. It's just, it doesn't work that way. Well, And you're like right. I mean, about- maybe they, they, they didn't cultivate it. I, I, I think you have to yeah. say they absolutely did not.
2: Because no. what you yeah. feel like, like Isaiah Thomas, Jeremiah Hall, those guys can lead, but for yep. whatever reason. So, again, it goes back to that. It's like, I don't know if you got to teach them to the lead. I don't know if that's the way I'm trying to phrase. But you but had a, like, you had an entire guys-
1: team full of players, including those leaders. Like you've heard Isaiah talk about it. You've heard Jeremiah Hall talk about it. Like that Texas game. Like you actually had your best players actively rooting for your backup quarterback midway through the season to take over. Like that, it was messed up from the very. Like the, whatever you say. Like the quarterback is the most important person on a football team. He just is and if it's if if there's some like you have no chance if your quarterback is a shithead you
0: just have no chance guys can can we talk about now the the thing that Lincoln Riley kept going back to is oh he was voted a team captain by all of his teammates was he was he really i heard i've heard a lot of different rumors about how um how that all kind of played out that that, that was I you know and I, I won't say I was in the locker obviously wasn't in the locker room couldn't know. But I feel like now we can kind of say maybe that didn't play out quite the way it was presented. And I know Lincoln Riley would never you know tell a tell a lie to the media, you know, CD Lamb Baylor, you know, 6 hour decision. You know those kind of things. <laughs> he would never be dishonest. But at the same time, I I there, there was a lot of buzz I heard that the Spencer Rattler just kind of got shoved into that leadership position when not many players on the team saw him that way. I've seen a lot of workout videos from him lately. Shocker, uh, guys. I don't know, I, but just, I mean, I hope Spencer Rattler goes to Clems- our South Carolina and has a lot of success. It's not like a personal beef with him. I just think he got shoved into a position that he didn't deserve and wasn't didn't really fit his personality.
3: He's, imm- he's immature. I think he's immature. Yeah. I, I think that that's it. Could be. I think it makes him a bad guy. He wasn't. He wasn't ready to be a leader. He wasn't ready to right. be a captain. He wasn't ready to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. He had not. He was not willing to take the steps, and it kind of goes back into the stuff that we talked about over the summer and even like the Doom podcast before the season, that he was not – He's if you're looking for a guy that's just going to sit in the tape room or the film room and break down film and try to get better, Spencer Rattler just isn't – he wasn't that guy at Oklahoma. Maybe he turns into that guy. He needs to turn into that guy if he wants to take the steps. But he's just he was not that guy. No, he was an, he was an entitled brat.
1: I mean, that's what he was. I mean, yeah. that's the best way to describe him. Entitled brat.
3: He was Guys able to get away with situations. for a long, long time.
0: Do you think that Venables and Lebby would even work to keep Rattler if he was in the situation Caleb Williams is in now? I don't know that they would. No, I don't think I so. I think it would have been like, hey, we wish you best of luck you know, we'll, we'll help you with anything you need, whatever. No, again, nothing ugly. I, I don't see them sol- either of those guys operating that way, but I, I, I think they would have known right away this is not a fit. I think that's fair. And it just kind of goes back
3: into all the stuff that we had heard leading into the season and then throughout the, the regular season. It's just like I, I think that he just does not – he did not handle things very well, but credit to him when the move was made – everything that we heard was that Spencer Rattler handled it about as best as he possibly could. So it my, wasn't a distraction,
2: only I guess. My question is what happened in 2020 then? Cause I felt like the second half of 2020, something clicked to where he became the guy, yeah. and it would all carry over. So, I, But I guess when you do look back, you heard Lincoln say, you know, it was you know Creed Humphrey. It was a like that, and Spencer just focused on playing. And I guess I thought internally that he was becoming the leader in the second half of 2020, and that just clearly wasn't the case.
3: Well, and I don't want to say it was a mirage, Bob, but also look at the teams that they were beaten up on. They're just, they were simply just better than a lot of those teams, and then they beat a Florida team that was, you know, I, I know that we give Dan Mullen a lot of shit for saying he had a JV team. I, if they had some of the players that were supposed to play in that game, it's probably a little bit of a different Florida team. Well, yeah,
1: and, they played really well. Remember, that was part of the Doom Pod too as we were saying how that offense would disappear at times. Uh and you know, they'd blow leads and they'd let people back in it and they they never could finish people off. And it continued to be the same type of offense this year under Rattler. I mean, it was it was was it TCU and Tech, the two games that well TCU kind of came back, but it was Tech It was the first time you saw that team play a team that you knew was at least halfway decent. It was like, okay, this looks like a team that can do something. And then it never played out.
0: Well, and much as we say you know, that defense changed its colors when Ronnie Perkins got back, much the same way with Ramondre Stevenson on the offense. That was a totally different team once he returned and that run game just opened up.
1: Uh, by the way, I want to take a little time out here, uh, tell you guys about our great sponsor, Dead Soxie. They got their holiday specials going on right now. Uh, you can get 20% off any order, uh, using the code holiday 20. Uh, I believe, let me double check on this. Um, but the more, you, basically the more you spend, the more you save. So, uh, if you're wanting to get that, uh, wardrobe updated, uh, to, uh, start, uh, looking better when you set your new year's resolutions, It's a good time uh, to go ahead and and, uh, check in with Dead Soxie. Uh, You get 25% off right now any order using code BOOMER. Uh, 30% off any order of $120 with the code HOLIDAY30. And uh, if you're a big spender, you can get up to 40% off on any order of $240 or more with the code HOLIDAY40. So uh, each tier's got a code that must be applied at checkout. Free shipping on all orders of $60 or more. Uh, and again, each order over $120 will also get a free mesh bag while supplies last. So you can stock your sock drawers and have a wonderful holiday season uh, with our good friends at Dead soxy, deadsoxy.com, that's D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com, uh, and as always, stay Soxy. All right, um, I don't know... I. I do you do you want to hit on kind of holiday bowl? I mean, there's not been a lot of access, not been really either. There's been a Bob Stoops press conference. Uh, but, you know, we've got the holidays are here. You guys are going to be heading down to San Antonio uh, the day after Christmas, be the first press conference is happening. Then uh, we've seen like Texas with Brian
2: Odom. <laughs> it's
1: with weird. Brian Odom is the defensive coordinator.
3: And we they are playing in the Alamo Bowl. I I know it's the holiday. What season. did I say? Holiday
1: Bowl. Yeah. You said Holiday Bowl. I've made that mistake so many times. Are they, they San Diego. the action? Didn't
3: you say that was a shitty bowl?
1: Uh yeah, it was pretty bad. I, I mean, it's not like it's it's not. I'm trying to think. What is the worst bowl? Sweatpants. Oh yeah, Russell Athletic. Yeah. I, yep. by, or whatever. Camping World or whatever it is now. That's by far the worst. Uh, Holiday Bowl beautiful place to go. It's just that it's like, because when they played in the holiday bowl, you've been to all these national championships and stuff and just roll out the red carpet. And then my God, like the 2008 national championship, still the most memorable bowl trip of all time. It was just fantastic. Uh, that's when, Oh, uh, you lost to Florida, but, um, I, I lost my train of thought there. Um, Oh yeah. The, the holiday bowl, Alamo bowl, not the holiday bowl. Um, you have had kind of some covid issues creeping up texas a&m cancels their trip to their bowl game uh and we are a little bit worried about that i mean it's going to be interesting guys isn't that
3: shit kind of weird
1: players going home uh right. being around other people uh, you might not traveling more someday. i mean you could there's a possibility you guys could get down there and not have a football game to cover by the time you're you're done stop that you're going to SeaWorld
3: with a kid. What do you care? It's a vacation for you. <laughs> now, what's going to be fucked up is if you get to SeaWorld and they tell you that Shamu has COVID. <laughs> I have eaten spray Shamu. Just spraying that water like everywhere. At the, at the San Antonio SeaWorld. You've eaten what? I've eaten dinner with Shamu. Oh, I thought you said you've like, eaten Shamu. No, no, no. They did not serve well. <laughs> it was actually, if I remember correctly, I was like 12 at the time. But we went for my little sister and it was a it was quite pleasant time. I
0: remember not wanting to be there. Do they still have killer whales? Didn't they get rid of those? Didn't they make them no idea. get rid of those? No, no they still have them. They've basically decided they won't breed them any further. Like, they're not going to have any more. Like, they'll let what they have go through and kind of be a be part of the the setup, and then that'll be it. So they're they're just not going to continue to breed in, in uh, SeaWorld parks, I guess. I'm going to get kicked out of SeaWorld. I'm going to try to release them.
3: <laughs> Into the Gulf.
0: <laughs> well, just wait until the day after Bob's there. You know, let 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 the girl enjoy <laughs> her, her ad, and then ad, you can start chaos. Yeah, I'll go back. Yeah, yeah. There you go.
2: Does
1: Pearl even really understand the whole killer? Well, does she know what they look like or anything? Is she fascinated? No, but at she all loved
2: the aquarium and Jenks. Oh, so okay. we
3: are pumped for this. Interesting. It is going to be kind of weird, just for the fact that. There are so many parallels between OU and Oregon. And obviously, you know, with Bob being back on the sidelines, you go back into the 2006 game. Uh, But at the same time, when they get to the, you know, the game portion of Alamo Bowl, they're both like makeshift uh, coaching staffs, basically. They both have interim coaches. It's going to be played up by the Alamo Bowl folks as, you know, the first matchup between two 10-win teams. But 10-win teams that sort of have, their own problems in their own right it, it just there's opt-outs with you know Gavin Thibodeau obviously uh and then the four uh you know defenders for Oklahoma it's just they kind of mirror each other a lot do they not
1: yeah Oregon's quarterback is not very good
3: yeah Anthony Edwards he got basically dominated by Utah in the last two games of the year
0: uh not Ed, not Anthony Edwards Brown uh, Anthony Brown Brown Yeah.
3: Why do I keep calling him Anthony Edwards? I've done that multiple times now.
1: By the way, how did that dude get into Army? And, and the, the defensive player for them? That dude is good. He's so tall, too. I can't remember his damn name. Aaron Carter, maybe? Something like that?
3: The one that beat Shaq? Where did, <laughs> where did this come from? You, we were just
1: talking <laughs> about you, Josh. play you said Brown and I was thinking of players and I was like, God, that guy was really good last night. I wanted to give him a <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I On was an like, Oklahoma how Sooners do we get pod. into
0: a tall ass army player? That's I guess it's not the Oregon Air Force though. You
1: can't have tall players in the Air Force, but you could in the Army, so I just figured that would be a topic that you would enjoy, Josh, because you love weird
0: players that just come out of nowhere. Well, I, I like Military Academy, you know, football. I was I, I was all in on that one last night, Talking, basically talking shit to people that if you weren't watching that game, you can't watch the uh, the bigger ones down the stretch. Cause, you know, you Which got, I if agree either, with. I think
3: that's a good take.
0: Yeah, you're either in for college football or you're not, so whatever. you gotta um, you
3: got to put in the time. Some like this of afternoon for the Frisco Bowl, you got to put in the time if you're going to...
0: Oh, here's Bob's the damn excuse. Let's guys. hear it, Bob.
2: Yeah. Some of us were at
3: Lloyd Noble Center.
0: What was going on there? Was there something was like a uh, was a concert? Did you watch the concert, Bob?
3: Alcorn State was setting back college basketball. <laughs> is what they were doing. That's <laughs> OU's defense back, you know, back-to-back games setting back. Alcorn State starts the season with sixteen road games.
2: Oh my God! Holy! Yeah, Christ. that that's what Moser was trying to bring up on a Tuesday. That it's hard to gauge this team because they never play at home.
1: Andre Carter, he was on the AP All-American team. Okay. Go got on, that question go, go
0: watch some go watch some tape, Josh. You'll enjoy it. <laughs> I'll check it. I'll check it. Yeah, I'm in.
1: Uh uh, yeah, go
0: ahead.
1: So, I mean, yeah, but I mean, this game, I I think a lot of it comes down to with all these coaching changes and stuff and and you know, who's coaching you. I mean, I think it's great that you know these coaches are coming back, but it's also going to be a kind of a reminder like, yeah, you left us. I mean, uh, if it comes down to it and you got to get a fourth and one stop at the end of the game, like how motivated is this defense going to be? Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, this, these games really are more about who really wants to be there. It, as oh, much yeah, as it is, who's got the better players.
3: I, you know, but it kind of goes know. back to like the idea of like, is this group going to be galvanized as far as like the way that everything kind of unfolded. And you talk about, you know, going out there and, Making a name for yourself if you're a young guy, if you're a Danny Stutzman, if you're a Shane White or whoever, Winner. Reggie Grimes, like <laughs> Clayton need, Smith without Clayton Smith. Benito. Yeah, like Clayton Smith, you're gonna have to play. There's nobody to play rush edge with Benito and Caleb Kelly out. Like, what a better uh, audition for some of these defensive coaches than going out there and kind of putting your balls on the table. That That's my <laughs> thing, like, unless they the... don't have balls and they're transvestites playing, that's a different story.
0: The the off God, how do I follow that? The offensive guys had to guys, go through
3: sexual
1: harassment training yesterday for for corporate, so I don't appreciate that comment at all.
0: I'm gonna we we denounce that. Yep. Report. but uh, the um, I see. You time know, goes. the the offensive guys, you get it. Like they're they're they feel like their guys pretty much stuck with them. You know, hey, we're all here. The defensive guys and guys, we know there are plenty of players that listen to the pod. If I can tell you nothing else you are auditioning for next year and people will notice if you are half assing it. Like yep. this is a real good opportunity to show Brent Venables and company that you give a shit. And like all it, those it people is, on Twitter. Uh, well uh, you know, whatever. The the people on Twitter are still bagging on the OU coaches that are going above and beyond to come back and help out the team when they damn well don't have to. Uh, I that, think that is, that will
3: push people more. Like the, the respect level for a Calvin Thibodeau, the respect level yeah. for a
0: Brian Odom, you
3: would Jamar Kane. Yeah. I think that they would, you would play think. harder because of that. Uh,
0: I, 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 guys, it's one of – you know, and we all do. We all have these arguments that we can't avoid. This is one of those triggers. If it shows up on my timeline, I, I'm, I'm mother-effing people. Like I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You're an idiot. The uh, – These guys didn't leave because they wanted to, but they've still got to make choices that are best for their families. Like, stop trying to make them jerks. And the guys that are trying, like, do you trust Tebow? He's going to have those guys in the locker room. Yeah, Bob Stoops is a, for USC. like, yes, Transfer portal. Calvin <laughs> Thibodeau and Brian Odom, who played for Bob Stoops, are going to turn on and knife him in the back. Knock it off. Like, stop. See,
1: this is, and I, th- that is totally Roy Manning's fault that people even have that in their brains because they, have look, I understand. Fans have seen it. Like, they believe vulnerable. that treachery, they're vulnerable. Yeah, treachery is a, amongst them. I mean, it's like anything could happen in their minds because of the shit that Roy Manning did.
3: And Which it, I think but like is you're a, notable. Like, there's a reason why he wasn't invited back to coach the
1: quarter. <laughs> I, well, I think it's more like there's a reason why he wasn't let back in the facility after
0: that. Like, Sure. Guys, and anybody, anybody that thinks that coach, was... But
3: that's neither here nor there.
0: If you are crafty in developing a master plot, you don't get caught by the high school senior. <laughs> like, if, if, if you're that f***ing crafty. It, that wasn't crafty. That was just stupid. Like, it was just a dumb... You know, and I, I'm not defending Roy Manning, which is a dumb mistake. Like, it, it, there, there's no other way to put that. And, I mean, you know, I know I, I've heard that he's, you know, kind of said, oh, it was a, you know, an a- error in communication or something. And, you know, maybe it's explainable as that. But this wasn't some master plan. <laughs> stop.
1: I Well, and Josh, you, you, you hit on it. I mean, this is the thing for people that are upset. Um, and, look, you're, you're, there are some of you listening to the pod that don't like it. Josh said it. It wasn't their choice to leave Oklahoma. In fact, I would say every single one of those coaches that's coaching in the game, and they haven't told me this, but I would be shocked, and I've heard you know, roundabout ways from different people, they never wanted to leave Oklahoma. They don't, they, I, and I would say this, if they had other options, well, Calvin Thibodeau's going to SMU, but I don't even know if they would be at USC if they had better options their sure. defensive coordinator, that the guy that they work with, that they rely on, that gives them their jobs, he wasn't going to be retained. And he went to USC, so they
3: had to follow their jobs. Guys, and by, the, by the way, here's the, here's the setup real quick, just for anybody that is wondering what the Alamo Bowl coaching situation is going to be. Uh, the co-OCs in the game... Kel Gundy, Bill Bedebo, I understand that Kel Gundy's going to be calling the game offensively. Uh, running back's obviously Mark Murray. That. Tight end, Joe John Finley. Offensive assistant, Connor McQueen. Defensive side, Brian Odom, obviously going to, and I thought this was kind of notable, is going to be up in the box calling the defense. Calvin Thibodeau, defensive line, Jamar Kane, DE, outside linebacker, and then a defensive assistant, Austin Woods, with uh, Ryan Doherty, still assuming the uh, special teams coordinator role.
0: Sorry, Josh, go ahead. No, no, you're fine. Um, well, oh, guys, I, I was listening to a Pod the other day that Ryan Abraham was on, and he was like, like he did like 40 minutes talking. Uh, Ryan Abraham, our good buddy, runs a USC website. Uh, does a great job. R- Ryan's always been a good friend of ours, and works with us. And you know, he and Kerry talk a lot. Um, he he said two really interesting things. One. He was of the opinion that if OU had beaten Oklahoma State and gone to the Big 12 championship, Lincoln Riley would not be USC's head coach right now. The this other is thing. just amazing. Uh huh. I, I thought that was a wild reality, but Ryan's plugged in. Like, I, I believe for him to say it as confidently as he did, he had reason was to believe it. Was he just that.
1: saying that USC would have moved on to another candidate? Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I think that that's the way. I think they felt like the time was then. They had to make a call. Wow. Um, a the other side of it. Was um, when Alex Grinch when Eddie was watching Alex Grinch get on that damn plane in the airport? Alex Grinch did not have a contract offer from USC. Wow, that's he just crazy. got on that plane because he knew that. I mean, and I don't, I, I don't blame Alex Grinch. Like he, he had no, he other knew option. he wasn't going to be retained. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like that's that's okay. I'm not, but I mean, that's the reality these guys are living in. They're having to live from minute to minute making these decisions that everybody, I mean, like, we don't, guys, look at us. I mean, like, we're semi-public, but we don't have to make job decisions where everybody's going to hate us or love us, depending on what we do, and everybody knows what went on in our decision-making process and all that stuff. These guys are living in the public eye and still having to make decisions that are best for them and their family, and people are ripping them for it. I, I don't understand it. You, you can be mad at Lincoln Riley all you want. That's fine, Whatever. Um, but these other guys, they're just playing the, the cards they were dealt, man. I don't think that I would ever say that like Lincoln Riley,
3: uh, if he had to go back and do it all over again, he wouldn't make the decision. Cause I don't know that for a fact, but I have talked to some people, uh, over the weekend that kind of basically insinuated that he has some regrets in how it was handled, obviously because of the way that it has been viewed by the Oklahoma fan base. Which I think is probably pretty Oh, obvious, you mean the fact that he
1: wishes he would have done it differently because everybody fucking hates him and he knows it
0: One hundred percent i I have been surprised with the staying power of the hatred like it is <laughs> it is strong He's not back still. there for a while Yep. Yeah, it, it's going to be a Straight long off. time before he'll feel comfortable in the state i, I don't think there's any question and and i guys and as much as I love it like that's I, I kind of hate like. Like, hate him, whatever. But, like, I, if I was him, I would feel awkward in the state. Like, I would feel almost uncomfortable, like, being with my family and stuff. And that's that's awful. Like, nobody should have to feel that way about it. But, like, at, at the same time, him having an expectation that he's going to not get booed at an OU event for the next 30 years, he's living in a dream. Like, that that's that's never going to happen. He'll never get to go back like- and hang out with his playoff teams or his his Big 12 championship teams and not be hated for it. I mean I I think this level of level of of
1: uh I don't know hatred is slowly dissipated but I probably still say I would be concerned you know almost for his safety I don't know I, if I feel that I, way now but I certainly would have a couple he, of weeks ago
3: He did this shit to himself though I mean oh, it's, yeah. it, we and we talked about it in the me- immediate aftermath tried to burn the bitch down if he wouldn't have tried to burn everything down and maybe handled it a little bit differently i don't think there would have been obviously there would have been anger and it's just because of how passionate oklahoma fans are but from the outside looking in he tried to gut the thing and that's i think what rubbed so many people the wrong way i think it's that and the fact that what he did it's easy to go back to Kerry and say like he did not have a good relationship with the alumni I'm surprised that it he was didn't have, as bad as it was.
1: He just didn't have a relationship with anyone. I mean, that's sure. part of his biggest problem is he didn't make any effort to have a relationship, whether it's the alumni, the administration, the media, whoever. I mean, other than his players. I mean, Josh, I would go so far as to say, I don't know how good a relationship, a personal
0: relationship, he even has with his, the people that coach for him. Other than Dennis uh, Simmons, guys, I know we've talked about it some in the you know in in the war room and stuff like that. But there is, I I keep hearing a lot of buzz that there is it has not been smooth sailing upon arrival. Like that, there is a lot of I don't know, I don't know the word well, for it, but it, just it, it, it feels like that staff may not last long in at Southern Cal.
3: Just think how awkward the whole thing is. He. N- I don't think that he realized his decision was going to affect so many other people's lives and uproot families and uproot what a lot of people I think on the old staff loved living in Norman about.
0: Yep. And yeah, now
3: they, you're moving around to fucking Los Angeles?
1: You you really in some cases you also ended a, you know a lot of people's jobs. I mean it, it like support staff and stuff like Because those people can't afford to move out to L.A. on what they pay. I mean, even some of the assistants, like, they're not really making the money that they were making here when you have to take in the cost of living and all that stuff. Like, being an assistant college coach at USC, not nearly as glamorous as being an assistant in the SEC or the Big 12. Because the places you're living, you're making $250,000 a year. You're living like a king. You're not doing that in L.A. Uh,
0: no, you're you're barely above the poverty line. Yeah, I mean that's uh, it's just it's a different it's a totally different environment. So it's that, great like, for
1: Lincoln, but it's it's yep. horrible for just about everybody else. Uh, I well, mean, yeah, horrible is a little bit of a stretch, but yeah. you know it's it's well, you, you've you've changed the dynamic of their lives in, a, in a negative you, way.
0: And it, it, kind of what Eddie was saying about, you know, the staff liking living in Norman, beyond just cost of living, just liking, you know, the town, the environment, the whole setup. like. Well, I guys, think we can say it now, too, Josh. Like, as
1: much as people talk about, you know, Roy Manning playing both sides, Bill Bedenboe was kind of doing the same thing. Like, he didn't want to leave, kind of like Jamar Cain, but, yep. you know, he... he, he he didn't want to tell Lincoln he wasn't coming either. Like he had to kind of string it out to make sure he was going to keep his job
0: in Norman. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got to know if he's got an offer. I mean like that and that, and I, I think there are several guys that just were like, I'm just going to hang on as long as I possibly can because they didn't want to leave. Um, now I think in certain cases you had guys that were like, well, if it's not going to be Oklahoma, it'll be somewhere else, but I'm not going to USC. Um, so I, I think there was a little bit of both, but uh, guys, I mean, I think Bill is a is a really good example. I, I've heard a lot of people um, that, I, that I feel comfortable and that they would know. He and his family love Oklahoma. They love Norman. They love the I've whole thing. I've been told thing. he wants to retire here in Norman. Absolutely. Like, I, I think there's a lot of comfort there, and I think um, there was an assumption by some, well, L.A.'s got to be better. Guys, I live in Houston, and y- y- if you told somebody – down in Houston that, like, you'd rather live in Oklahoma City. They'd be like, you're, you're nuts. I'd rather live in Oklahoma City or Norman a million times than Houston. Like, it's not even – once you leave it, you're like, oh, wow. It's, it's really – like, there's a lot of stuff I miss about being there that I really enjoy that I didn't appreciate maybe when I lived there. And, you know, I, I think people that travel as much as coaches have, and they've had different homes all over the country as they climb the ranks and do whatever, there's an appreciation for it. And I think – Guys, I mean, it's it's crazy to me how much of that staff Brent Venables could have kept if he wanted to. Like, he could have kept... I mean, basically, if you weren't on that initial flight with Lincoln Riley, I think he could have kept almost everyone.
2: Josh, how, how how tough do you think that made the early signing period for Bill? Because it seemed like he was the one where you just didn't know.
0: And it. I, I felt like it showed up in the visit period. I, I think you're right, Bob. And I think to his credit, you know, Kerry kind of made, you know, he was the kind of the flip side of Roy Manning. I think Bill didn't want to be out there misrepresenting anything as, you know, Oh, I'm, I'm clearly here on behalf of OU until he knew. And that's when you saw him go in the home with Jake Taylor and you saw him making the rounds because he knew then, okay, I'm in, we're good here. We're going to move forward. And I, I don't think there's any question. And people, I've had some people like, well, what's wrong? Like, why can't he close? Okay, last year, you want to get mad about that? Okay. I don't think there's any question. Oh, you put a lot of eggs in the Bryce Foster, Tristan Lee basket, and it burned them. And it burned them bad. There's no other way to say it. Um, This year, guys, I I was, you know, and I I put something up on the board. I don't know that I've really talked to you all about it. I was talking to a reporter that I respect a lot that was at Cam Dewberry signing. And he said something that I had heard, you know, that I had heard on a on a podcast. And so I I hit him up, and you know, I've I've known the guy a while. And I said, hey, you know, I kind of got the read that you thought maybe OU led prior to all the Lincoln Riley stuff. And he goes, you know, the kid didn't say it, but he kept talking about stability and how much he liked the stability at Oklahoma. And I, you know, it was it really kind of threw his whole recruitment into chaos when Lincoln Riley made that move. And so I, I I, think OU might have gotten Cam Dewberry. I think they almost certainly would have gotten Malik Ogbo. And, you know, guys, I mean, if you want to put that on Bill Bedenbo, I, I guess. I mean, that that's, you know, it's up to you. But I don't know how you do. I mean, like, I, to land commitments in that scenario, how the hell do you do that? Now, you can, you know, once everything solidifies and you can make a run at Jaden Gibson or Nick Evers and you know, everybody kind of knows the score. That's fine. But to to keep in on a guy and be like, hey, just hang with me here, for elite guys like that that are going to major Power 5 programs, man, that's that's a hell of a lot to ask.
3: Which is kind of rich that Kim DuBerry ends up at A&M and now ben Josh Henson. Henson is going to join Lincoln Riley in Los Angeles.
0: That's... Yeah, I um, uh, that that's that's an interesting, guys. What do you think about him hiring an OC? I mean, something. Well, you know, is, oh, that, you a, is about... that a deal where? Oh, it's a ru- it's a rubber stamp. It's a it's a title, right. so they can pay him. There's no doubt. That's kind of what I thought. Uh, so. I I guess we should get into what do we make of the Demarco Murray stuff coming back up. I
1: is there any one per- of us
0: that doesn't believe if OU just steps
1: up and pays him that he's he'll leave? That he won't uh, leave. I
3: mean, 100%. I, I think if he I'm leaves, I'm fairly it's all confident over you. in saying that he does not want to leave. Yeah, that doesn't uh, mean that he wouldn't. But you can't. I mean, it's a slap in the face to pay Demarco Murray almost three hundred fifty thousand dollars less than a
0: guy that has never coached before. Yeah, that, and I mean, I guess we have to be honest about that. That's from last year. Like, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that there has been a lot of money swell. That has come in. And once those guys get, you know, the Bill Beedenbos, the DeMarco Murray's, all the, like those guys get their new contracts as well, I'm going to bet those numbers look very, very different. But you're, you're right, Eddie. Like, there's no way on earth with what DeMarco Murray is doing in recruiting and the way he fought for your program and did all the things that I, frankly, I don't think anybody else was really doing to his level. Um, he's got to get paid. Like, and he needs to be paid as one of the, elite running backs coaches in the country because I think you might have a real young kind of coaching superstar if you can cultivate and put the right things around him.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll just... The worrisome I'll, thing is I guess we just won't know until... I mean, surely we won't know about a contract until March, right? Because that's when the Board of Regents meets again.
0: Sure. But you... Right. Guys, it, does it feel like the, the momentum is is kind of falling off like it felt like maybe Saturday kind of into Sunday man something th- this like this is coming up a lot and all of a sudden things are kind of happening and then it feels like somebody stepped in and was like hey but, th- you know when the time comes we'll get this straight we talked about it on the board and we also talked about it in the war room as well but he's already told the
3: guy wants that he doesn't want to come yep. what changed in the last two weeks exactly
0: I I, if I want was to get told
3: he offered stuff, him a different like title. Right Riley... and
0: did I lose? Did we lose Eddie?
3: No, I was just gonna say like uh, I was I was just waiting because it's like remember, and I think that there is some validity to. Demarco kind of led the charge when everything went down. Like F- this guy, he screwed everybody over. I'm that's certainly about what it
1: felt like. Yeah,
3: I, it, I, I it, I've talked but... to enough people that. But I think there's it, some validity to. I don't know if he like called him out in the meeting, like that text message said, but there was definitely a he rallied the troops of the, uh, you know, the guys that were being retained, the guys that had connections back to the University of Oklahoma.
2: I
1: don't. I got. I gotta think that there's also a little bit of a. Really, you couldn't get Tashard Choice, so you want me now? Like it's you know. Yeah. Although, if they'd offered him before Tayshard T- T-
3: Joyce, that probably is not an issue. but Well, I, as I understood it, I, Riley basically told every assistant that they're more than welcome to come.
1: But that was also, my understanding, he did that to kind of force their hands.
3: Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like in the immediate aftermath.
1: Which goes along with burning the place down. Yeah, like just
3: completely the wrong way to handle that.
1: I don't know. I, I, just, I just think back to what we said at the start. I mean, look, if, if, if DeMarco leaves and goes to USC, it's a massive fail on the part of the OU ath- Athletic Department, the administration, and Joe Castiglione. Uh,
0: yeah. I, I, to me, I'm concerned about the conviction if, if, that, if, if something like that happens. And I know that sounds dramatic, but at some point, you've got to stop letting good, talented coaches go elsewhere if you want to compete, and especially a guy that has made it so clear he wants to be there. I'm almost to the point right
3: now where I don't even, I guess in a way, think that it could remotely happen. But right. then again, I've been shocked and surprised by before during, before during this coaching cycle
1: shocked that there even was a coaching cycle I think is the main yeah exactly so yeah I mean it's not something that I spend a lot of time thinking about um, but kind of as Eddie says nothing nothing should surprise anyone at this point about anything I mean maybe Lincoln Riley's coaching the NFL team next year oh he would never he's building that into the mecca (laughs) um okay we got to get a little bit of a hoops update sorry josh but uh non-conference slate is over sooners did what they were supposed to do in the last couple of games um what just bob just kind of break it down what are your feelings about this team as they head into conference play
2: Love the defense. So many concerns on offense. So many concerns about who's going to step up in the clutch. So I thought Tanner Groves would be that guy, but Elijah Harkless time and time again. But if you can play defense like that, you're always going to be in it at least. But I mean, even last night was another example. They start one of 10 from three. Yeah, You're not going to be able to do that in the big 12 and you know have a good success rate.
1: All right, basketball talk over, Josh. You survived.
0: Oh, I stepped away. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm here again. <laughs> no, no. no, no.
2: I, I listened to the whole time. It, it, it's going to be a fun con- fun conference year.
3: It is going to be kind of intriguing. Like, Elijah Harkless' development on the offensive end has been a little bit of a surprise. I think that like they what they've gotten out of Jordan Goldwire to a certain extent offensively has been a little bit of a surprise. They just... They're going to have to shoot the three ball well. And I say they, Mo Gibson's going to have Mo to shoot Gibson, the three ball well. Because
2: yes. once he gets going, rest of the team kind of follows his lead. And defenses play them a lot differently when Mo is hitting compared to when Ethan Shagwa or Jalen
3: Hill hit, hit a random three. It's a, yeah. a much different dynamic when Gibson. I've been pleasantly surprised, too, with just what they've been able to get out of Shagwell, what they've been able to get out of a Bijan Cortez. Like, mm-hmm. can those guys be solid in that second unit when you're playing a Baylor or a Kansas or a Texas? I think that that's kind of what's going to separate them. And like you said, Bob, like seven teams inside the top 70 in net rating is just incredible. Like, it's going to be a dogfight. They could go nine and or uh, eight and 11 and have a really good, or I mean, a uh, what would that be eight and 10, eight, eight and 10? Yeah. And be really, that's, that's a strong year in conference play.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you hold serve when you're playing at home against, you know, say just two of the three between like Baylor, Kansas, Texas, like you're going to feel pretty good about yourself. I mean, it'd be great if you can sneak in a road win against one of those ranked teams, but you had an Iowa state and they've been surprised of the entire country. Right, uh, you're going to have a lot undefeated to was... build that resume.
1: I don't even know if they're still undefeated or not. Um, they are. Okay, so we know that Bijan got off to a slow start, you know, with his injury to start the season. Um, and you mentioned him, but is is Shagwa the biggest surprise
2: to you on this team? I think the way he's embraced his role, because I think he had to know his role is going to be a lot different compared to S to SMU and. The fact he seems to be one of those first people like, all right, this is what I'm being asked to do. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability every single time. And that was the recruiting pitch by Moser. You can come back home and give it everything you've got for one season. And Ethan has done that time and time again. And that's where I think there were roles that you thought certain guys were going to have in October. I think going into January, some of them have changed. and I think some of them still haven't been answered but, like, who you thought Shagwall was going to be is exactly who he's been through the first part of the year.
1: Okay. Um, I think that satisfies our
3: contractual we did obligations it. for basketball. It is kind of crazy coverage. that, like, Alonis Williams is having an unbelievable oh, year for us. Like, he might be the ACC player of the year. That's crazy. The ACC also sucks. Did you guys see that tweet from uh, Rostin the other day about Duke right now, not having to play a ranked team? That's incredible.
1: Yep. I've unfollowed all the national basketball writers. I
0: can't take the sucking up. There's a lot. I of that. still follow Rostin. I got I got several college basketball follows. So here here I win. Ha.
1: That's just so you can keep Bob in line if basketball recruiting ever hits.
0: When it goes crazy, yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Really going to – I'm going to run Bob's show on that one. <laughs> All right. I hear there's basketball recruits, Bob.
1: Anything else you guys want to hit on I me? Mean, we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday. Uh, it's been a fantastic year. It's been a crazy year. Uh, it's been a hectic, you know, last month. It's – but, you know, we're not – nobody cry for us. Uh, the uh, growth of the site has been outstanding. Uh, and uh, hopefully going to put that to good use. Uh, NIL will continue to grow. And I know, yes, get Danny Stutzman. Like, that's the one thing that... I know! You want Danny Stutzman. I'm like, you don't have to tell me anymore. I know. I, we've, I've already reached out.
0: So, don't worry. It's all being handled. Um, and you are not alone. There are members of this podcast that want <laughs> Danny Stutzman as well. So, all in. Well, the question is, which who wants him the most? That's... I think it's got to be Eddie. Uh, it's... It, he a show with some large majority of danny and eddie is that's comedic gold just waiting to happen
3: and we'll have michael turk come in and baptize people at halfway through oh.
0: <laughs> i'm a little under oh weather eddie i can't be made to laugh without breaking into an enormous coughing fit so that's just not cool you Emphysema same
3: same i think i'm dying I'm I'm but a little worried that Eddie
1: Danny Stutzman show would somehow be the end of you for Well, there's only one person that
3: can get suspended.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. Uh next round's coming up. Um
0: I don't know. We'll probably talk to Isaiah here again soon. I would imagine. I hate- I know we referenced it earlier. Did we actually talk about Daniel Parker? Yes. Like I know we kind of like, oh, should we? Do we get into that? Well, just that he was a legitimate offer. Yeah, okay. You're but right. I don't think we right. really
1: talked about, you know, you, you mentioned that he blocks a lot, I think, yeah. on the pod. Basically, we we gave a pretty good synopsis. Okay. I mean, is there okay. anything you want it to add? It just seems like, just like it's a, a perfect
3: fit for what they want. Like, it, yep. doesn't it feel like Joe John, and I think that like Gabe and Teddy hitting towards this, they're kind of going to be moving away from that H-back role. They're moving back to more of a tight
0: end role. Yeah, More more dudes like Joe John, you know, not the little. Sure. you know, sure. not. And, and, and I mean, that is no offense to Jeremiah Hall or, you know, any of the H-back type guys. Are we going to get another Bubba Moses? Well, there's only uh, one Bubba Moses, okay? Everyone knows I, that. Yes. I, I made a Bubba Moses joke in my Jason Llewellyn comparison. So, uh, you know, in my where'd we rank 2022 story. So um, they're, they're, he Jason Llewellyn has some Bubba Moses vibes, so I'm kind of kind of into it. Um
1: wasn't that wasn't um, that golly? Why can't I remember Ardmore? Uh, oh, Jermaine Gresham was that yeah. Jermaine Gresham's official visit when there was when, the, when they played when the, they only like one seven Bubba balls? Moses?
0: Yeah, it was. I think it was a Bedlam <laughs> game, if I remember right. And Bubba Moses had more catches right. that day than I think that. the rest of his career. Right, yeah, he had he had the ball throw. He had more targets that
1: day than he had the entire year, I think. And it was just so was that, blatantly obvious what was
0: happening. <laughs> uh, let's see. That was Chuck okay, Long, so wasn't it? Yeah, because Jermaine was 06, so that would have been the 05 year. That was that was that Kevin's first year. Or was that Chuck's last year?
3: It was it was Chuck's last year because Sam has always said that uh, Chuck Long did an in home with them. Yeah, remember on like a because Sunday night and took the San Diego State job Monday morning. Wilson was that's there
1: right. before Bomar got there, right when they came together, I think, because he was going to mm-hmm. install the Northwestern offense for Rhett Bomar. Yep. And he no, he was there before Bomar because he was working with his dad in high school to run that offense in high school so he'd be better at it when he got to college.
0: God. They should have just hired so, Jerry. I think said that's so Bomar. Just from top to bottom. That's a, that's a Bomar choice all day. He completely redid
3: the offense for his son. Yep,
0: yep, 100%, so he could be better prepared to play in college with almost no concern for what the talent on his own team said. I'm quite
3: sure. that. I mean, who knows what would have happened. Bomar was awesome at the end of his freshman year.
0: Yeah, the
1: Oregon game. Bowl.
0: That Oregon game, yeah. Oh, guys, I could argue I felt better about Bomar going into his sophomore year than I did Rattler going into his. There
1: is no doubt the one thing I did to piss off Bob more than anything I'd ever done was calling Jerry Bomar for a statement after Jason White announced he was coming back for a six-year. And Jerry just... I'm sure that Jerry Bomar gave you one, too. Oh, yeah. He was like, I don't know how we feel about this. Like, we got to rethink some things. Bob did not like it.
0: It seems like the kind of thing he'd be totally cool with. I uh, yeah I know
1: why wouldn't he like that? I think he even yeah. went on the sports blitz and denounced me personally on that Sunday <laughs> Night Show when people actually still watch Sunday Night Television shows. Well,
0: I, I've been denounced by Bob publicly, so you know we'll we'll just start up a little. You've little just group been for chastised it. in person. No, he talked about me in a, an Oklahoman story. You remember that? He called me a um, oh what was it? I I want. I, for some reason, I've got doppelganger in my head, but that's not right. It was um, basically like a lackey. Like I was just <laughs> hanging around the practice, taking notes of because you got, you remember when we were standing up on top of that um, when they were on the practice field, and I had a like I had a notepad in my hand that I really literally had not written anything on, and um, Anton Robinson saw me. It was like, hey man, what's up? And like I was like, hey. And then Bob just looked at me and just shot needles through. And about 10 minutes later, I hear somebody, like, you can't have a notepad here. Like, you have to to remove that notepad. And it was a whole friggin' thing. And it ended up being like a little blurb in some, you know, note story in the Oklahoma, uh, (laughs) like, the next day.
1: Yeah, because he thought you were Kurt Smith. He thought, and Kurt Smith was just, he would just puke everything out there on the internet. Like, how many run plays they had how many pass plays they had you know what the rate ratio to you know how many third down you know every little thing that they did in practice he charted it and then he just put it on the internet and it drove bob oh. insane
0: i've and that's when I've he have
1: notebooks at practice yep
0: yeah, i have never been simultaneously so pissed off and so scared at the same time i was <laughs> infuriated i was in that situation when he god he just torched me that day um, and then at the same time, like I was nineteen, twenty, I was terrified. I thought, like this career that I was just getting started, and I was like, it's over. I, I've, I am now hated by the most powerful man in OU football. I'm done. Well, at least you didn't call him a dick. No, I took it on the chin. I was not happy about it, but I, I mean, what the, what the hell else was I going to do? Let the record show.
3: You weren't wrong.
1: <laughs> All right. I think that's a good way to end it. Um Merry Christmas to everyone out there, yeah. you and your family, to you guys. Merry Christmas. Uh I can't wait. I've I did get, Josh, I appreciate it. I did get pictures of your children
0: in a field. Um, Absolutely. That was taken at up a on Marsh. The if refrigerator you, <laughs> Uh-huh. If you can notice there there is some water in the background that was taken uh Near the Galveston area. So that's a, that's a little nice little uh, bird sanctuary in marsh near the uh, grandparents. So stopped on the uh, side of the road and took some pictures. Worked out perfect. I want
1: next year's Christmas card to be like at the ports. There's a bunch of trucks driving behind them, semis
0: pulling in and out. Nail it. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have Lainey operating a crane or something. <laughs> Big oil spill in the back. <laughs> don't believe we got a Prisbillo
1: Christmas card around here. I don't know what happened with mine. Hmm.
0: Guess got lost in the mail. Mine as well, you know. Ooh, and he's not even here to defend himself now. So this is oh, perfect. Oh, he took off. Hmm. Yeah, I said it, he says he lost his internet. Lost oh, his internet I yeah. think. Oh, okay.
1: Well, darn it. I feel bad now. I was b- busting his balls. Now it's just gonna seem like I'm being an asshole um, since he's not here. So uh, yeah. Um, anyway, that's good. We're good. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I I say repeat the things. Same thing over and over at the end of stuff now. I'm getting old, I guess. Uh, Thank you for listening. I hope, you know, be safe. We should say that as well. Uh, Do not drink and drive during the holidays. Drink an Uber. Uh, So, please, don't do that. Uh, Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week for another edition of The Unofficial 40 on Soonerscoop.com.